All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos in this R&B Friday. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. So, yeah, so Sean claims that um, this game is going to have no effect on what their plans are um, to do come trade deadline on Tuesday. Um and if he was Pinocchio, his nose be growing because, you know, and, and but you know, what's crazy is that there's some talk and some chatter out there that there's a chance that they could stay pat. And to me, if that's the case, I would definitely know what the plan is going forward, especially with a loss this Sunday. Now, if they don't make a move now, if they would win. If for somehow, you know, I know they're expecting some weather. I mean, hell, down here in the 210, we're getting our first cold front in the sea. It's going to feel like the hot summer that we went through. And I know the whole country went through kind of warm temperatures. We set records of heat this past summer. Uh, but for here in Texas, I mean, I think Sunday they're saying it's probably here. supposed to get down to maybe like in the upper 40s. That's going to feel like 20-something. It always, like when that first, but especially coming off of just the 108s, the 17s, the 110s. But anyway, they're expecting maybe some possible snow up in the Colorado area this weekend for the game. So weather could be a part. But if you if they win this game, it puts them at 3-5 and five going to the bye week. In my opinion, it almost gives that, it delays the process. And when I say delay the process, this could lay the process a whole nother who knows how long this could be. Because I because to me, if they would upset Kansas City, you go into the bye week, and now all of a sudden, the players in that locker room, the coaching staff, along with Sean Payton, you're feeling like we're back in this thing. And to me, <clears throat> Again, I said it Monday, and I'll continue to say it. It's it's just I'm torn on this one, man. I'm because I know what they need, and I know that they've never really done that. And I and I think this is one of those that they really need to. It might not necessarily need an overhaul, but they need some fine tuning. So it's kind of like the gift and the curse. I think for one, because if you break a 16 game losing streak against the Chiefs. That almost kind of, not all the way, but it solidifies what Sean Payton has been trying to do. A lot of work left to be done. I mean, he didn't come here just to beat the Chiefs, just to stop the the the, the 16-game, 15-game losing streak to the Chiefs. He didn't come here just to fix Russell Wilson and, and make him play better because they got so much money tied. He came here to restore a franchise that is about winning titles. So, the job won't be done, even if they do stop the losing streak. But it really puts them in some really considered tough conversations between ownership, Sean and George, before Tuesday Halloween trick-or-treat, if you find a way to mess around and win this game. What do you got? You got to crawl before you can walk, and you got to walk before you can run. If, they, if, the, if the Broncos, big if. If yeah. the Broncos can pull off the upset, you could win the you could lose the rest of the season. And you and but you walk into next year 
with that with that one camel off your back or, or with that that one piece of the, the just the struggle yeah. because it, it's it doesn't do anything to change the culture this year but next year it tells you nobody on our schedule is unbeatable okay when you talk about what what you need the, the we we've been here before so I don't I'm not going to hit it too hard but the glaring need is a defensive coordinator so it's hard to empty the cupboards of especially because a lot of the names out there are on the defensive side of the ball because you can get the highest return for those players and that's the side of the ball that seems like it's struggling the most and you don't want to pull away from your offense too much because that's not really the problem in year one of this system too. So I can totally see where the Broncos, I mean, it's tough sitting right over, right over here. I have the franchise I pull for, I've dealt with it for years, but there's something for when you reset the button and you start trading off pieces and it makes it more difficult the next year. So I feel like the biggest thing to address. And and if you're not going to address it now in terms of the firing of Vance Joseph, because if you win, the, you can't let this game be about, oh, well, now we beat the Chiefs or we handled Patrick Mahomes, so it's really not the defense. No, the defense is still a problem. Even a bad clock is right twice a day. Or a broken clock is right twice a day. So you can get over it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But the, it still doesn't save Vance's job. Vance needs to go. But if you're not going to let him go this season then go ahead and don't hit the reset button. Run it back next year, but with a new DC. You get to keep your pieces, and then in that rebuild, you have to reload rather. You get to reload rather than rebuild. You don't have to go out and find so many groceries because you've got the good pieces still in the cupboard. Well, again, uh, first of all, let's back up a little bit and and let's give a little bit. He's taken a lot, especially on this particular program and in that region. Um, speaking of Vance Joseph, let, let's, don't go soft on me now, Cal. No, no don't but, go but, soft. No, no on I'm me. not going soft, Jodas. But you got to look at the reality. Since the second half of the Chicago Bears game, the defense has played better. I mean, they played better against the Chiefs. I mean, the problem is with the Chiefs game, they only mustered eight points or whatever it was offensively. But the Chiefs, they held the Chiefs to 20 points in Kansas City. Now we understand the Chiefs are playing with an average receiving core. But then you go into the Green Bay game, and you kind—I of, mean, everybody wants to talk about the ceilings falling on Jordan Love, but but I, I will just tell you this: um, if they continue to improve defensively, I don't know if he's going to be let go unless there's some unless you're going to really find somebody that has a resume. Like the only put it this way: if even if they lose this weekend against the Chiefs again, and it's 17 in a row and counting, whatever. But they get a couple more wins along the way. Let's say you beat the Chargers in the division. You get Shawshank with the Raiders. That's the last game of the season. Who knows what the season looks like at that point for either one of those teams. But if you can sprinkle in some wins here and there, and let's say you finish, you got two wins right now. Let's say you get two more wins or three more wins on the season. You end up with four or five wins. You either go 5-12 and 12 or you go 4-13. and 13. But if the defense is playing better, and this is just a situation where, hey, man, we're, we're getting penalties still. We're, we're not we're turning over. We're not executing the red zone. At that point, because he didn't was so quick not to fire him after the 70 points of Miami and how bad it looked even there, the only way that I think he gets fired is if the fact of Dennis Allen gets axed 
as the head coach in New Orleans, and I've been saying that's going to be Denver's next defensive coordinator if he doesn't make right to say, okay, I'm sorry, Rex, I should have signed you the first time. So what I'm saying is it's not about going soft. It's just the reality of the defense has improved. It, that I mean, and again, it goes back to the same notion. Russ has improved since last year. Well, damn, look how bad it was, though. So what is that really saying? I, I, I agree with you a little bit in regards to it is a – it's a switch. It's a shift. If they win Sunday, that is a that's a franchise shift. That's like that can be an in-season shift as well too for those guys in the locker room and the coaching staff. Cuz if they win Sunday, I would be other than Judy, I would be surprised if anybody's gone other than Judy. I think if they win or lose, Judy's got to be gone Monday or Tuesday at the deadline. If he's not gone, then we know for 100% fact that Sean Love this dude back in Alabama when he scouted him when he was New Orleans, and he just feels like, you know what, Judy's not really part of the problem, which I think he is based off of his attitude off the field and everything like that. But no, if they win this weekend, that changes some things. And and now, and I'm just telling you, I don't know if I'm happy with that because again, it sticks you in that nomad, no land situation. And I do feel that Look, you're 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 even more higher on Denver's talent pool than where I am right now after I've seen the the, the product on the field for half. I don't I don't believe that there's as much talent on the defensive side of the ball or offensive side of the ball as you think. I really don't. Because I subscribe to you are what your record are. And and when and when I see rosters like Philly, when I see rosters like the 49ers, okay. When I see even rosters, hell, you know, you can go to just even the talent rosters like Jacksonville. When I see these rosters, what they have right now, that's not good enough. It's just not. And again, this is a six-year contract. Now, the question is going to be, what have they learned Within Since they're meeting this team for the second time in three weeks, what have they learned in that short amount of time? When they go play, is the offense, I mean, because to me, the one glaring thing about the game in Arrowhead a few weeks ago, I mean, he was coming in hotter than fish grease, and all of a sudden, the number for Marvin Mims just stopped, stopped being called. And it's really been quiet the last couple of weeks when it's like, hey, man, this is one of the brightest spots on the offensive side in the first quarter, first half of the season. Got to get him involved. You know, now I don't know if that's going to happen once you get Judy out of here, if that's what's going to happen, or if it's going to be Cortland Sutton. And once you get, I don't think, you know, for the more I hear Sean talk, I don't think Cortland's going anywhere. I don't think Cortland's moving. I think if you hear, if there's any trades, I think it comes down to Judy's the obvious. I think that you've got to look at Josie Jewell. You've got to look at Garrett Bowles. And I think those are the three that you I think the surprise one would maybe be the surprise like, damn, that really happened. That could possibly be Justin Simmons. But, you know, and, and again, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what really happens. That's the most intriguing. Not if they're going to beat Kansas City or finally drop this losing streak. I'm thinking more of like, what if they do do this? What, what does that mean in regards to and look at the timing of it? Like, you're going right into the bye. Like, it's different if the trade deadline is, you know, Halloween, Tuesday. But the reality of it is you beat the Chiefs, but you got to get ready because you got a Thursday game or you got next week. Now you know you got a bye. So what I mean by that, if there's going to be changes made, 
that that's the time to do it but if you win it's like damn we got the buy we're sitting here at three and five we can regroup and we can try to make a second half push to this thing and the reality of it is you can do that and you could still fall short and you could probably maybe take yourself and at that time you're looking at a top eight top ten pick in regards to a top four or three if you end up making that push remember winning breeds confidence and i'm gonna tell you this right now if they would beat the chiefs and that's a big if that changes a lot of things i think that changes from a confidence standpoint that even changes the russell wilson conversation and i'm not telling you i want that to happen but it's weird it's kind of crazy how this is all aligning up for this particular game and this particular and remember how irritated he was with troy rank last week after the game he's remembered through the week like hey that ain't that's not our team that's not our team. Well, you know, you've kind of blown 10 straight leads. That, that's not our team. I haven't brought. You can tell it's getting to them. So I'm anticipating this is going to probably be a good effort from the Denver Broncos this Sunday. I don't know if it's good enough to get it done. I think this Chiefs team can be had by anybody. If you you got to play mistake free, you're going to have to take advantage of the red zone. But this Chiefs team, even though they're the defending champions, if somebody knock them out, they're probably going to be there at the end when the dust settles. But they can be had by most teams in the league in this year, in my particular. And, and that's saying a lot because I do have a lot of respect for what they built defensively while speaking of Kansas City. I've been saying this is Andy Reid's best defensive team since he's been there. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's a possibility. But win or lose, again, you don't make the changes. Just don't. Wait till the offseason. Because I, 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 I it's, it's really easy to get kind of caught up in the momentum. But remember the struggles and what the, the problems when they arose. Because now it's you, you over this course of a season, you can maybe put lipstick on or makeup on a bad situation. But it doesn't solve the root of the problem. That defense, and yes, I am after Vance Joseph's job. Okay? Because that defense, you talked about it before. There's not a lot of changes... From last year's, from that on that side of the ball, from the, last year to this year, right? Do you agree with me? I mean, this is this is the team that you you follow um, waiver wires uh, and stuff in the offseason. You off know, season. not not to, to be the start of the season to be that poorly. No, there wasn't that drastic changes. Ra- of that. Uh, and personnel, of right? Personnel. So personnel. Okay, so you're running back essentially the same roster on defense. Last year under Avero, it worked. It was just the offensive side of the ball. You address the offensive side of the ball by bringing in an offensive-minded head coach. You tout it up. Again, it's Walmart money to bring in one of the greatest play callers of all time. All right, so you bring him in here. The offense has, has not been the reason why they've lost games for most of the season. But they ain't been really the totally reason why they won even the two they have, and though. There, there is some personnel there. Yeah. You definitely still need to upgrade the wide receivers. Pieces on the offensive line aren't necessarily working. Still banged up in the backfield. But it's not a reason to, again, sell off the pieces. It's not, the, not a reason to lose momentum building on offense. Address the defensive play calling and the schemes because you know you got the dogs to do it. Don't let whatever happens this weekend impact the decision to get rid of Vance Joseph. But I think the body of work. Look, Russ and Vance are in the two. They're in the same boat. The, a lot of what they're going to be, the decisions that are going to be made on those two individuals, are going to be played out for over the next ten weeks. 
if 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 Vance can if he continues to improve that defensive side of the ball, okay. If Sean didn't release him after a seventy point blowout, and he still stand five, and he kind of rallied around the troop like, hey, me and Vance's relationship good. I don't see him unless it's really somebody he wants to work with, which that's why I put Dennis Allen. It would take Dennis Allen being fired from the Saints, which is a very good chance that could happen. There's a good chance that he's going to run it back with Vance. I'm te- from the point when I'm telling you, it's a thin line when you're saying sell out, don't don't do anything, don't trade off pieces. The reality of it is, man, you they've got like a total. If I'm not off the top of my head, I think they got a total of six picks next year, like high quality picks, six picks. You there's the depth is what I've been preaching on this roster forever. That's not there, and the only way you build dra- depth is in the draft, and the only way you're going to fix. The holes that you speak of, it ain't going to be with free agent money because you have the rust contract. You have saying you might be releasing him and that might be deadhead, dead cap space. You're going to have to do it during the draft. But we'll see. It's a big if. But but this game is coming at the timing. That's kind of weird. And if they were able to pull an upset, it gets it gets sticky from a decision making standpoint. Last Taylor Swift game. Mm. Oh, we needed that. No, we needed that update. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro bell tequila studios calvin casey jonas clark producer spin the one and twos we'll be back texas summers can get hot but now they're blazing with the new zing zang blazing bloody mary mix the latest addition to the zing zang lineup brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know only much hotter Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada, using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey also delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. That is Pillin Whiskey, and also keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and in its official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 877- 
1-800-273-7283. Grind. All right. So before we go on, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Chris, who's checking in with us from Boulder, Colorado. Chris, you're on the sports grind here on Mile High Sports. What's going on, Chris? What's up, Cal? Just trying to be the best Calvin Case that can be, man. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a lot of work to do that, too, man. But what's up, man, Chris? Appreciate you calling. What's on your mind, man? Listen, Cal, the people out here, especially the local media, Mm-hmm. Driving me crazy. They've been dipping in that Pendleton whiskey a little bit too much. By the way, <laughs> shout out to Pendleton whiskey. Oh, right. Um, here's the deal. They're trying to. The Broncos are basically. My, here's my analogy. The Broncos are basically four or five months behind on their on their mortgage. Right. The interest is piling up. Mm-hmm. They got the Corvette sitting in the. They got the Corvette sitting there that they bought. If they sell the Corvette, they'll definitely be able to wipe out that wipe out all that interest. And it might hurt for a while. You might have to take the bus to work every day, but eventually you can, you can turn around. Instead, they're trying to, like, do this backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. swab the deck. You know, get as many picks as you can. Tell George Payton to get as many picks as you can. Go hire, fire him at the end of the year. Go hire Adam Peters, the assistant GM for the 49ers, which is an up-and-coming GM, huh. and tell him to rebuild the roster um, the way you know the way that you can, and you're cooking with grease in about three, about three. It'll take about three years or so, and you're, you're back in the swing of things. But they keep on delaying and delaying. This Kansas City game, it, it, all I would say, I would say is like, oh, they went out beat Kansas City. It's like, okay, here teams, look, Corden Sutton here. You know, he he upgraded his status. Uh, Here's some guys that you can trade and might upgrade their value, but to, to keep going on with this roster, man, it's just it's not going to work. And people keep trying to force feed it. And you said it right, you said it right, Cal. People overvalue this roster. This problem is people overvalue this roster, especially people here in Colorado. You said you've you've actually um, said it different, but people overvalue this roster, and it's just not going to work, my man. It's not going to work. Hmm. Okay, Chris, I appreciate you. Keep listening, man. Keep grinding. Good phone call. Um, yeah, man, I mean, look, um, Chris is in Boulder, Colorado. He's down closer uh, to it than I am to the media. I mean, even though I've talked to people down there from the media, I've paid attention to it. I've told you all this a hundred times since I've been on in Denver. I've paid attention to how the media moves down there and how they cover the Denver Broncos, and I cover it my way from thousands of miles away, and I agree with Chris. This is the deal, though. Um and, and the reason why, in defense to the media down there, in the defense to some of the fan base, the reason why the roster has been overvalued uh, is because I've said this before. It's John Elway, man. I mean, he is the reason. I mean, how else do you get a guy? Okay, in, in regards to growing up in South Texas, Central Texas, and San Antonio. Okay to be a diehard or basically paying attention to the Denver Broncos from thousand miles away, a figure like John Elway, a generational quarterback like John Elway. I've said it. He's been responsible for every trophy in Doe Valley. But with that said, he also has fed the media and fed the fan base down there is that we don't rebuild. I don't believe in rebuilds. I said, this should have been done the year that Peyton Manning retired. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and in John Elway's defense, I can see why he didn't do it because you're a guy that competed for Super Bowls on the field. You just can't. I mean, you orchestrated the highest scoring offense in NFL history that got their ass handed to them in MetLife Stadium in the Super Bowl to Seattle. You found out that you were soft. 
And then you tear it down that way to a certain extent, not a rebuild, but a tear to change your philosophy. Like, hey, man, we're going to turn into a physical, defensive minded team. And you built that in two years. So if you got all these accolades going and you've had that golden touch and you just coming off for Super Bowl and you're looking like, man, the sheriff just walked out. I mean, he's retired. What are we going to do? We've got an aging roster a little bit here, a D Ware, a TJ Ward. Well, you know what? I think if we make some tweaks here, here and there, and if I could just find that next guy and take a couple. Because remember John Elway's words, hey, I don't have a problem with taking swings and striking. I'm going to keep swinging. Meaning when he was asked about, I think by the time he was on, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. By the time he got to Drew Locke after the Paxton Lynch and all that, that was really, you know, trotting out Trevor Simeon. Can we steal in the seventh round, sixth round, this Trevor Simeon guy? That's why he was how he was answering the media about, oh, well, I'll keep swinging by the time you got the lock. So you go through all this and you say, well, if I could just find a guy, you condition everybody down there in the media and the fan base that we don't rebuild here. When the reality of it is, that's what you should have done. That's what you should have done. And that's the reason why now. And look, if you want to be a and the only reason why I'm I've never, like I said, been a Denver Bronco fan probably since the age of seven. I've never in my lifetime advocated and preached and cheered for a teardown and a rebuild because I know what that means. But the reality of it is it's six years to seven years for a franchise that's about winning Super Bowls and they're stuck in no man's land. And they tried everything. I mean, if you look at it, and this is another reason why I think the rebuild, you've gone through Vance Joseph, Vic Vangio, Hackett, and now you're on Sean, and you're still seeing some of the same issues under Sean, a future should-be Hall of Fame coach, a Super Bowl coach. What has stayed consistent? The Joes and the bros in the locker room. The attitude. And this is also to what Chris is not kind of what he brought up, but the other factor in this is you operated for six years really with no owner. So it's it's more like almost 10 months, eight months of behind on mortgages. I Again, I know what that entails. But in the reason why I feel like for the first time that I'm preaching that, because I wasn't sitting there yelling to the rooftop. No, nah, John, don't. What are you doing? Just rebuild. Let's go. I wasn't thinking that because I, you know, I mean, I grew up in the 80s. I, th this team was winning a lot. So I wasn't sitting there. So I'm, I'm not trying to sit there and say, hey, I tried to say it back then. No one listened. No, no, because I was drinking the Kool-Aid too. But the reality is the reason why I'm an advocate and I'm pushing for it is because I believe in the guy who's in charge and who can build it. Now, if I had a first-time coach, a rookie coach, or a rookie GM, then it might be like, okay, and, and kind of what Jonas is talking about, you kind of learn. But I got faith in the man that's doing it because he did it two or three times with the Saints. That's what people don't realize. He rebuilt them two times. They they were not, they were a trash bag organization that wore bags over their head. Drew Brees had a noodle arm that nobody wanted to touch. Okay, Nick Saban wanted him, but they didn't. They didn't all kill Dante Culpepper do. He took him in the middle of Katrina in a devastation that we never seen into a city underwater. And on top of that, the city that I reside in, the 210, was trying to jack them under their nose. Like, hey, man, we got this dome. I mean, y'all ain't going to be the Super Dome. Ain't going to be ready. Man, might never be ready. Come play with us. He went through all that and took him to the NFC Championship his first game. Then a few years later, you win a Super Bowl. Now, after that, I told you, there's a three. There's about three seven and nine seasons mixed in. But then what was the talk at then? Well, you know, Drew's getting older. His arm, we don't know. You know, this high flying, a lot of points. And so what did Sean do? He, oh, let me find an Alvin Kamara. 
Let me go ahead and find a defensive player that's on, my, on the edge. Let me get this defense. Let me get a running game. Let me go and get a Michael Thomas. And the next thing you know, they're back at it. They're back running the South. And then they find themselves in another NFC Championship game with a horrible call away from going to another Super Bowl. Yeah, because I know he can do it. I know he can do it in time with the resources and rest his soul. I've said this before. Tom Benson, rest his soul. He didn't have that kind. He didn't have that Walmart money. I mean, Sean did this on a budget down in New Orleans. He's got the resources to basically be able to finagle and go in. And that's the reason why I'm confident. If I had a rookie coach or if it was somebody that was there, I don't know about that. But I got confidence for him to do it. And to the GM, and, and, and I don't, you know, that's a good point that Chris made. I don't know too much about the general, the upcoming one that he's talking about in 49ers. But I can tell you right now, it's going to be somebody that Sean is used to working with. That's why I keep going back. It's going to be somebody, even the personnel. Look, I'll take anything from the 49ers. I mean, John Lynch, he owes Denver a favor anyway. Who do you think hell thought him to be a GM? He was sitting in the war rooms with John Elway just mocking. It was like he, he was just mimicking. Like you back in, used to work telemarketing. You used to shadow monitoring. He was shadow. So they owe us. So I'll take anybody from there that can build some personnel with the 49ers. But I don't think that's where it's going to be. I think it's going to come out from somebody Sean is used to working with. And it's probably going to be somebody scout, somebody in that New Orleans, that 504 area code. Could be wrong. So to me, he's going to handpick the GM. So the GM coming in is going to work with him side and side. Sean is always going to have the 100% final word on this roster. He's, he's, if he doesn't, he's still in Fox on Sundays. So that's why I'm more. But this, this Kansas City win, if they're able to do it, to me, the fear I have, it, it, it puts a halt on what needs to be done. I'm not saying everybody's got to go, but they need better bros and Joes. And I mean, you can say maybe a coordinator or whatever. It's just not good enough, man. Can't unless Andy Reid, uh, God forbid, unless Andy Reid has health problems or something. Andy's not going. Andy looks like he's juvenated to keep going. And who isn't going to ride out one five? Patrick, my homeboy, as Shannon Sharp calls him, Unc Sharp. Who ain't going to ride him out? You know. I mean, I think Travis Kelsey be blowing on me. Him and Taylor Swift might have two kids by the time, by that time and be done. And Andy Reid and Patrick probably still going to be there trying to find a way to get it done. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. And you're playing in that division. And then eventually, if we look at the charges, everybody said all the charges need to do is get a coach to get it right. I know people are down on Hibbert. So, again, this is a mixture of really just kicking the can down the street, the dirty dishes. 877-37-GRIND. All right, moving on. Uh, sticking with the NFL, though, before we get into college. A uh, couple other interesting uh, games on the radar. Um, of course, we talked about the Texans going to Carolina. Uh, another interesting one is definitely is the Bengals and the 49ers. You know, I have a philosophy. I said it the other day. I don't believe good teams that are playoff, potentially Super Bowl bound. I don't believe health-wise, if you're healthy, you lose three games in a row. Now, with that said, at any point of the season, you can have a two-game losing streak, but normally good teams that are playoff, Super Bowl bound, you stop the bleeding. Now, with that said, the 49ers are still dealing with injuries. I don't know what the status is with Debo Samuel, if he's supposed to give it a go Sunday. I don't know. Um, I know Brock Purdy. I mean, all indications it was supposed to be Sam Donald that was going to start. Now I'm hearing this morning that Brock Purdy's like in the fourth stage of this being approved, ready to play. And like I said, I've yet to see anybody get in concussion protocol get cleared in the same week. So I think it is going to be Sam Donald. And this is a situation where you have a Cincinnati Bengals team 
that has found their way back to three and three, if I'm not mistaken. Joe Burrow's going to play. They feel like they've, they, they, it seems like they've got this Jamar Chase thing figured out. They got him back in the fold and feeding him. This is an interesting game at Levi Stadium. 49ers are a four point favorite, I think, at home. Um, would I be shocked if it's because of health? Would I be shocked if it's four in a row for the 49ers? No, but can you imagine? I would like to see what the talk, what the headlines is come Monday if you're talking about the 49ers, which I think everybody about three weeks ago said they were the best team in football. If all of a sudden they're looking at three straight losses. And let alone if you have the like the Cleveland Browns are heading to the 12th man in Seattle. Now, if Cleveland takes a loss and Seattle wins and now all of a sudden 49ers lost three, three games in a row, that narrative might change. What do you got? Uh, just an injury report update no. um, for you. Uh, Debo Samuel has not practiced all week. Okay. Um, unless he practiced this morning, which is not on their injury report yet. Uh, still with that shoulder. Game status unspecified. Greenlaw. Saw him uh, leave the game. He's dealt with some rest this week, uh, but full practice uh, yesterday. Brock Purdy limited practice yesterday. Trent Williams still out with that ankle. Mm. Um, and Christian McCaffrey, uh, full practice participant, but still dealing with that oblique injury himself, too. And if I'm not mistaken, the Bengals are coming off of a bye week as well, too, right? Uh, I believe so. So they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. Um, proceed with caution if you're the 49ers. I, I think Cincinnati, I'm not sold on them being all the way back. Uh, but, you know, they're sitting at 3-3. Three and three. A lot of people probably wouldn't even have them trying to get back to 500. They're there. And they've got a team that's coming in on a short week. They just played Monday. That's kind of licking their wounds, uh, dealing with injuries. I, I expect Sam Darnold, if he's going to play, which I expect he's going to play, he will look decent. Um, in this Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, but this is the same. You talk about changing the narrative. All of a sudden, I mean, because to me, if Cincinnati goes and wins this, then really that AFC North is going to get a big light shined on them even more now. Like the past, we're like, damn, look at that North and look at those records. Told you. Well, yeah, you predicted possibly four teams out of this. And I, I think the one I touched and said, I don't know. I, now, I always felt three teams could go out of the North. I don't know about four. I still would hand Pat that I don't know if it's going to be that four. Now, Pittsburgh is hosting Jacksonville. That's a very interesting game as well, too. I'm eager to see what Pittsburgh, you know, they – I mean, you just don't – Pitt Steelers and Mike Tomlin are the franchise and the coach that no matter what it looks like, I don't care if it's no T.J. Watt. I don't care if the offense looks booty trash. I don't care if it's an aging quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger. I don't care what it is, man. They find a way to hover and be above 500. Go look at their record. How the hell they get there? If you look at the struggles that their offense have had. Now, of course, the answer to that is defense. And leaning on defense and, and some plays here, some big moments. I'm waiting for that game to where it all clicks for them offensively. And Jacksonville's coming in hotter than fish grease. A winner of, I think, maybe three in a row they've reeled off. Interesting game there in Pittsburgh. They won four in a row, a four in a row. Okay. Pittsburgh's on a short number. They're an underdog at home. They're about a two and a half point underdog in that spot. To add to that, the Jags are a three and oh on the road this year. Very impressive, but we're going to see that's that's a big spot and a big game there. Some off the field news, real quick too, before we get into college and some other things. Um, I've got to address this situation because I defend a lot of guys when it comes to certain things, especially in the NFL, NBA. I've got more. I've always been accused the years of doing this show that I'm more pro owner and pro you know CEO and all that. Uh, but I've tried to as I've gotten a little bit older to see things more from the player standpoint. But I still stick up for them when I can. 
But Delvin Cook, the hell you talking about, man? Like, how are you going to sit here and say that you are going to talk to your agent about basically potentially wanting a trade because you're unhappy with your usage? Let me give you the hermit. Hello? You took trips to New England. You had the Denver Broncos kick the tires on you. You had the Colts kick the tires on you. Reportedly, Miami really wanted you. Miami reportedly really was high on you. You could have chose, you stayed patient, and you could have chose anywhere you wanted to go. Now, whether it was the visit that Aaron Rodgers pulled you to the side and say, hey, have you ever cleansed your body, Delvin Cook? See, that's some stuff Aaron Rodgers would just come out through your first time meeting. Like, I think whoever that was the quarterback room asked him about the first time I asked him about 9-11. Aaron just out there. But maybe Aaron pulled you in the corner and said, hey, man, let's go win one. Whatever the reason you chose the Jets, you chose them. But the problem I got with Delvin Cook you really thought, bro, like all these guys, if y'all can vote on the top 100 players prior seasons and, and NFL Network plays it, then you knew about Brees Hall. You didn't think he was coming back? You didn't know where they draft him? You didn't look at his age? This is the type of stuff that pisses me off as I get older with certain players in this. Like you're going to sit there and have the galls and the stones and the apple sack to sit there and say, I'm not happy with my touches. I'm not happy with my role. When you paraded on it like it was a college recruiting trip and you're mad about your role, come on, Delvin. Come on, man. Yeah, I should have stayed in Minnesota if it was that much. You didn't want to stay there. But all of a sudden, what, you expected you were going to be a 20-down back? A 20-carry back per game? Man. So I couldn't be a I'd laugh and say, hey, man, can you get in my office? Like, what are you talking about, man? You strung us along. We had to wait. You here now until this end of the season. What am I getting for you at this point? You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 